Hi, my name is Renita, and I am your host of the Be Your Own Kind podcast. My podcast aligns with idea of my blog of feeling comfortable with you. I'm excited to share topics and ideas with you today. Thanks for tuning in. If you are new to the Be Your Own Kind brand, welcome. If you like what you hear and see, please subscribe to the Be Your Own Kind YouTube channel. And if you're listening to the podcast, please follow me. Also in the description box, you can find my Linktree link to all Be Your Own Kind related matters, such as the BYOK merch, where we sell items from t-shirts, sweatshirts, masks, and mugs. Also, you will find our website and the links to my social media pages. Also, we are always looking to collaborate with others, such as business owners, vloggers, bloggers, or just if you simply want to share your story. Last but not least, if you are looking to promote your business, Be Your Own Kind will gladly promote you. If you are interested in details, please email me at info at beyourownkind.com. Thank you for tuning in and for supporting the Be Your Own Kind platform. Hey lovelies, when you think of hip-hop, what word comes to mind? To be honest, the first word that came to my mind was influence. I never really paid attention to the direction of that influence, but I know that hip-hop is more than a genre. It's a culture. But what if hip-hop is even bigger than influence, fashion, or even music? And it was actually the saving grace to our youth and a gateway to experiences our mind could only imagine about. Well, today, I linked with award-winning journalist and podcaster, Many Faces, and learn the many ways hip-hop could do more than entertain us, but actually heal us. His life's work is to preserve, protect, and promote the ability of hip-hop music and culture to improve society and uplift humanity. Alright, let's get into some things. Do you find yourself overwhelmed with small business tasks? Well, Be Your Own Kind Freelancing is here to take the weight off. We specialize in assisting businesses with various administrative duties, HR consulting, online marketing, and editing services for podcasters and YouTubers. If you have a need we haven't mentioned, contact us to see if we can help. For more information, email us at info at beyourownkind.com. Leave the tedious task with us and take your time back. Good afternoon, Manny. How are you doing today? Good afternoon. I'm doing as well as I guess can be expected. Right. (laughs) But I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm surviving. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I do a a number of things. Uh, I'm a podcaster as well. Uh, I've been a content creator for a long time. So I've been a writer. Uh, I build websites. I do podcasts. We do some live streams. Uh, and a lot of it focuses on kind of uh, three main, you know, uh, you know the, the, the circles that come together. Journalism, uh, social justice, and hip-hop. Uh, so for a long time, I was an independent hip-hop journalist. Uh, I covered the New York area hip-hop scene. That was kind of my beat, uh, you know, back at a time when uh, hip-hop music and, and, you know, and culture were... You know, New York was kind of, you know, was, uh, not anymore. Other parts of the world, you know, the the, the nation were popping. Houston was popping. Atlanta was, you know, became kind of the new epicenter. And New York was like, hey, we still here. You know, we're still doing it. Uh, so just as a journalist, I started uh, covering hip hop uh, around New York uh, for a bunch of years. I did a podcast. Uh, I started an online publication. Uh, and uh, through the years, that's evolved into me, uh, again, 
this 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 three-way molding of being a journalist that covers a lot of hip-hop stuff but sort of like the cultural aspect of it more than the music i guess i'd say more than the uh, pop culture stuff more like uh, ways that hip-hop is being used in innovative ways uh, to improve society and improve humanity uh, and some of that is in education some of that is in health and wellness some of that is in uh, politics and social justice so i create content and uh, tell stories about people doing that kind of work generally and i like that because that's a different take because um right now what we have um with with hip-hop in our face like the global like the well i don't know it's is negative is what i'm trying to get right. at like the perception of it is very negative it's very you know i got this i got that flashy or i'm gonna kill you for this or i'm mad at you and be this be yeah. that look yeah. at my body like that's that's what's in our face right now you know with hip-hop so i'm glad yeah. to are taking another take on it yeah absolutely i mean you know through the years hip-hop has kind of evolved you know the genre itself has evolved and, and gone a different a lot of different ways uh it's been sort of co-opted by corporate you know, media companies and radio stations and you know it doesn't uh it's not to take away from any of that uh, sort of that stuff like that stuff is a part of it and we right. we, we take the negative with the the positive sometimes there's actually a lot of messaging and nuance in what we would what some would look at as negative right the you know something that can be learned from that or find out you know or get into that but sometimes it's just you know shake your ass it's party time it's like right. you know what i mean we're not going to the club <laughs> to read an encyclopedia um but the, the 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 idea is that that's but one area of the overall musical genre and even above that sort of the overall culture and that uh while those things exist and they're you know we could have talks about them and you know barbershop talk about all that stuff there's some really great things that are happening with hip-hop again the music and the associated culture all the kind of uh, lifestyle and ethos that we should touch upon and and you know we've seen it too many times the narratives of uh of of you know folks or oppressed communities minority communities communities of color in particular especially in america those narratives get erased or they get whitewashed or they get you know switched and, and buried and and you know there's always been a fear that that's going to happen with hip-hop so I know that there's a lot of people trying to make sure that maintain the narrative and and, and, and maintain that um uh, that full spectrum look at what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So I I looked I, um I noticed that you also um organized or created the, a nonprofit center of hip hop advocacy. Yes. Um to actually um promote what you're saying you know uh, hip-hop culture and how it's impacting um certain subjects such as cultural education activism and you're all i also saw that um your is it your your podcast or you have a curriculum that is actually um a credit with an accredited college it's not it's interesting the so yes to the center for hip-hop advocacy as a nonprofit. It's been there for a minute, and we've I've done a couple of things with it, but nonprofits a whole different animal. So we're working on that to build that up. That's a whole different ballgame. Uh, but I did start it basically when I started writing and covering the things that we're sort of talking about here. You know, there's not a lot of places for it. Uh, hip hop media, quote unquote, you know, hip hop websites and stuff. They don't really talk about this stuff. They talk about the music. They talk about you know all the you know the beefs and the you know the current singles and who's dropping what and 
uh, you know, the TV shows that are in the love and hip hop. And that's all, you know, the entertainment face of it. Right. They don't really get into this sort of thing. There's a couple of websites that might, you know, dabble in it, but it's not their focus. Mainstream uh, media sometimes does it on a local level. Let's say you're a teacher using hip hop in a classroom in St. Louis. So, you know, the local, you know, Channel 6 News might, you know, come to this school. And you, so you could find those things here and there. But mainstream media never got hip hop and they, they don't do it right. You know, they don't, it's very, you know, they, they miss the boat a lot of times. So there's really no place that this sort of journalism exists. Uh, that's sort of, again, the advocacy, the pushing for this, and me being here talking to, you know, whoever I could talk to to kind of spread this gospel. Uh, so I figured we would try to make something that's uh, respectable and an institution, you know, so that when we come at it, uh, it's coming with the strength of an institution. If we call out somebody or call out a, a mainstream outlet for misrepresenting hip hop, which I've done with uh, NPR, for example, mm-hmm. it comes from an institution. It doesn't come from a guy in a basement, you know. NPR, you stink, you know. <laughs> oh, it comes from the Center for Hip Hop Advocacy. It's got a nice logo and everything. You, got, you pay attention to this. So that's that's the idea. I wanted it to have a place where it could all live. Uh, the podcast that I, I make uh, out of that is called uh, Hip Hop Can Save America. Uh, and that's where I kind of extol these, these virtues and values. I interview people who are doing that work. They're incorporating hip hop in the classroom. They're using it in mental health uh, therapy uh, settings with young people. They're, uh, they're activists, they're political organizers, or, uh, 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 or, um, or, or they're using it to benefit, they're using hip hop to teach things that you don't get taught in schools like financial literacy or civics. So all those kinds of people that are doing that work, again, their work isn't being amplified because there's no place for that like no one's writing about these things on a regular basis so that's my job I've, I've taken that that challenge on and so i interview people on hip-hop can save america that podcast has been used in curriculum uh a couple uh, the new school in new york a couple of colleges people were using that and it is on the recommended materials list at the harvard graduate school of education uh so shouts to a uh, professor isa upchurch uh, who has a hip-hop uh, program up at Harvard in the School of Education. So they're teaching teachers. Uh, you, you go to graduate school for education because you're, you're becoming a teacher. Uh, and they'll teach teachers these ideas, these concepts of incorporating hip-hop in the classroom uh, to benefit young people in a, in a myriad of ways. That's awesome. That's awesome. When I saw that, I was like, man, I would have loved to take a class like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's courses, you know, all over the country. There, and, and I look at it as two ways. There's there's courses that are teaching sort of the history of hip hop, you know. Uh, um, so they're teaching hip hop as a subject. Some are really interesting, you know, sociology of hip hop, you know. Uh, but some are like just his, you know, historic, like sort of like a music history class, but for hip hop. Uh-huh. Um, and it touches on the culture, which is great and necessary. Uh, but there's also hip hop as a technique for teaching. You know, there's always been this thing in schools, uh, 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 again, especially in uh, marginalized communities, communities that haven't had funding and, you know, all the problems that exist in, uh, in, you know, communities of color particularly uh, don't get funded, don't have the great schools, don't have maybe the best paid teachers. uh, So they don't have some of the, um, so the students don't have some of the advantages that, you know, other districts might have. Teachers are finding out, and this is before hip hop, the idea of culturally relevant teaching. You know, if I'm if I'm a white teacher that doesn't live in the community and I come teaching a you know in a black school or, or you know Spanish neighborhood or whatever, 
I don't know that culture, right? So how can I best connect with those students? How am I able to do that if I don't know where they're coming from? I don't know their lingo. I don't know their way of, I tell them to all leave it at the door. Don't bring that, that hip hop in this classroom. But that's who they are. So I'm damaging them right in the place where I'm supposed to be teaching them. Exactly, exactly. So, so the idea of culturally relevant pedagogy is teaching, kind of using, uh, getting to know the students using uh, their culture as a as a meeting ground, as a halfway point, so we can meet each other, meet the students where they are. So that's always been a great theory in, in, in education, and hip hop is just kind of the current and really best way to, to do that, to connect with kids. Right, and I found that um, psychiatrists and school counselors are also adapting that as well, yeah. um, using, using hip hop, um, I don't know, type of features or or t uh, ways for them to outlet, like using yeah. hip hop as a way to outlet how they're feeling and what they're going through. Leading, I found that um, pretty sort of a, pretty a interesting. In this. Yeah, yeah oh, we had, I had I show Dr. Ian Lee have come before, but he's really um, taken that concept. And again, he has been teaching other school counselors to incorporate these things. And uh, so they've been building studios and schools. They've been, you know, crafting after school programs or or what have you. And, uh, you know, they got the receipt. Like, this is the thing. If you talk to anybody random on the street and say, listen, I know how we could help, uh, improve the mental health of young people in America, especially in communities of color where they're not getting any, you know, with all these stigmas. Of, and I'd be like, yeah, but hip hop. They'd be like, what are you talking? Get out of here. You know? And they say, no, listen. And then you got to, like, convince them. This isn't, I'm not, I'm not a theorist. This is actually happening. These teachers and these counselors have the receipts. They've seen it happen. They can tell you the story. They, they have the research papers. Like it's really a thing. And it'd be, it's just surprising to me still. Not surprising to me. I guess that's why I'm doing what I do because the average person doesn't get it. They don't know. And so if you don't have that, imagine being told, you know, you're being a parent and they're telling you, yeah, we have this great hip hop counseling uh, session. Like, again, your your idea of hip hop might be that whole night. What you going you gonna counsel him on how to shoot someone? That's <laughs> that's not. I don't want. That's not prop. No, but it's absolutely being used as a tool. Just like we used to write essays, right? We used to write a poem. Tell them about your feelings in a poem. These kids don't want to write an essay or a poem, but they'll write a rap. Right. Because they speak that way. They know that language. And bet you, if you spend time with them and let them do that, you'll get all that outlet. You'll get all those emotions and feelings out. You'll get a trust between the counselor and the and the young people that might not have happened any other way. And it's happening all over the place. Right, right. And so we're talking about the negative uh, connotation of hip hop. What do you think can be done to flip the perspective? Because I feel like if people saw the other side of it, maybe they would be more receptive, you know, of this method. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate us talking, you know, you, you seeing what I do and say, hey, let me let me tell my my folks about it, because I think that's it. It's 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 what I mean, it's why I do what I'm doing, because it, it have to spread the word. So we try to do three things, uh, you know, uh, journalism, which includes the podcasting and, and writing articles, public outreach, which is so I, I do. I do some like public public speaking. Uh, again, we've we've written responses public responses that when we see hip-hop being misrepresented especially by mainstream media um and even but like i said even hip-hop's own media there's so many hip-hop heads that like older you know be like ah oh, I, I wish it was like it was back then you know they don't even they don't even know hip-hop fans and that have come up with the with the genre don't even know that these things are happening and that there's something you can champion you can champion this 
Right. Um, instead of just being mad at you know the way the music sounds on the radio today, because you know we're getting older and we don't have the same taste as our as our young younger folk, um, don't hate on it. Let them go through it. Let them right. find their way. I mean, we had the same thing. Our parents didn't like what we were listening to, and we thought it was the golden era. Um, but you can champion that by you're, you know if you're older, you're in a position of you know where you might be able to make a, a recommendation if you work in a school or or if you work in a business. Uh, tech, the, te- the tech field, you might work in you know, as a software developer or what have you, or you might work in any company that's looking to increase diversity and, you know, all the things they're trying to do. And you'd be like, well, you talk to hip hop heads, did you bring, you know, hip hop and did we bring music into the mix? Tony Blackman will come into your corporate setting and teach you the power of the cypher. And you'll be doing a hip hop cypher in your corporate setting. And we'll, that'll enhance your public speaking your team building all the things that you would hire a, like a big business consultant to do hip-hop can show you that so you might be in a position to recommend that at your company so what i'd love to see is more uh, people who are you know hip-hop you know who are hip-hop uh, or who are hip-hop adjacent you know to learn about these things so that they can help spread that uh throughout all aspects of of uh, of society uh, it's an effort, though. It's 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 an effort. The podcast, the writing, uh, public outreach, uh, coming on shows and talking about it, and, uh, just trying to get that message out. And uh, uh, but it's like I say, it's it's an effort. It's it's work because yeah. you're right about the negative connotations. I, I do a talk where I, I uh, I'm talking about kind of hip hop historically and and in the media, and it's funny because in Something like 2000 and 1984, 94, something like 20 years. So 2000 and something, they did a retrospective and they looked back 20 years ago and said that uh, this was one of the greatest years in hip hop and in pop culture. 1993, they were looking at. So it was probably like 2013. Mm-hmm. And it was like New York Magazine. A bunch of people were looking at 1993 as this pivotal moment in time. And if you go back, like 1993, if you go back 1993, 1994, we would call that the golden era in hip hop. We had Tribe Called Quest. We had, you know, uh, all these, uh, we had uh, uh, Out in the West, Snoop and Dre. And you had all these different uh, artistic explosions, right, during this time. People now would say that's one of the greatest years in hip hop. I went back and I looked at, in 1993, every article that the New York Times published about rap or hip hop. 98% 98% of them were were of negative connotation. This mm-hmm. rapper got arrested. These two rappers were arrested for sexual assault. Reverend Calvin Butts was running over CDs in the uh, in, in Harlem because you know of all the negativity. So for that entire year, possibly one of the greatest years artistically, where everyone now NPR, New York Magazine, everyone looked back and lauded that year like that was a great year for hip hop. So many great creative things. That year, New York Times was telling everybody the exact opposite. So when you are the paper of record, all these white people, all these people that are not connected with hip-hop, that's the impression they're getting of hip-hop. Because right. that's what there's no one else telling them different. They're not reading the source <laughs> in right. 1993. So it, it, it's a big reversal of how you say that negative perception. Now, there is negativity in that. We have to be dealt with. And I'm not sweeping that under the rug. Right. And a lot of people are dealing with that. But I think that when you do one then it balances out, you know, the whole thing. And and maybe you'll start to see, uh, you know, more and more of the, I don't want to say, I don't like using positive versus negative. I don't think anything young people do great musically or whatever is negative necessarily. Right. It's nuanced, you know what I mean? 
but I think we need the balance. We need more people doing what, what I'm talking about to, to, to balance that out. And then maybe you see a shift and it kind of more, more than not will be sort of forward thinking and helping society and uplifting humanity and, you know, uh, than some of the negative stuff that happens. Because a lot of the negativity in hip hop comes from the communities from which hip hop comes from not yeah. being well taken care of. Right. What we say when we say hip hop can save America, sure, is that these theories of using it in education, using it in science, technology, health and wellness will improve the young people and those communities. It'll level the playing field. It'll give them the advantages that they're not, they're not otherwise getting. We'll be able to use the music and the culture to help them out which means maybe the communities won't be so, you know, neglected or bad off or can start sustaining themselves better. And then you might not have so much of that so-called negativity. So yeah, we're just but, trying to make things positive. Yeah, and you're right. And on your, um, as we said before, before I started recording, um, I listened to your latest um, episode with Genesis B. And you mentioned in the beginning of that podcast how, yes, Jay-Z may be, you know, doing such and such, Meek Mill doing such and such, but there are um, smaller artists that are protesting and giving back to the community, rebuilding a community, but no one ever hears about it. And it's like, how can... How can they like power against mainstream, right? Because once again, like I said, they they control what's shoved in our face. You know what I'm saying? So it's like changes are being made and positive movement is happening, but no one is aware of that. Right. You yeah. Know? Genesis B is a great example because, and you and you bring up you know a great point. You know the celebrity. We all wait for the celebrities to do something. Like we wait for the right. for the protest songs. A bunch of years ago. This was after Ferguson, right? So uh, Mike Brown and Questlove, all the protests and things that erupted after that. I think it was Qu it was it was definitely Questlove uh, who put on his Instagram. He was like calling out for more, you know, protest music and more artistic response. Um, I, I guess like the '60s, like when you think of like you know Marvin Gaye and, and right. Bob Dylan and you know people who are you know writing songs about against the war and all these things and that was a big part of the culture of america and hip-hop being the you know main youth culture youth music i guess Questlove was saying hey you know where where are we at and i took issue with that for, for kind of the reason you just said i don't know if it makes that big a difference if jay-z decides to make a protest song today i mean he never it wasn't his bag before Right. You know what I mean? He didn't come up like Immortal Technique or some of these guys who've been always talking this talk. You might, or Dead Prez, you might feel weird hearing it from Jay-Z. That's not his lane. Like, you want to do the behind-the-scenes stuff, you, you're the billionaire, you're the hip-hop billionaire. Go bail right. people out of jail, go fund some movements. That's great. But if we're waiting for them to make music, then we're doing hip-hop a disservice by calling it, by by uh, uh, capping its potential at just making music. Right. Genesis B is an artist. She happens to be an artist, been dropping music for well over a decade. But she's an activist where she's at rallies. She's working with community uh, community organizations. She's uh, going on tour with an organization as sort of their poet, hip hop, you know, poet laureate, going out and kind of delivering messages to the crowd. There's people that are speaking and doing all the, you know, hooping and hollering, and she's out there, you know, delivering it in a form of rhyme. That's powerful because those people who are listening in that intimate setting are probably going to be much more affected or, or touched or inspired by a Genesis B 
you know, on the stage of some courthouse somewhere where they're rallying for the state flag of Mississippi to remove its Confederate symbolism, which is what she was doing, than if Jay-Z was to, you know, make Fight the Power 2020, you know, which I know a bunch of people just made a Fight the Power 2020. But do you know, like, who, like, I don't want to say who cares. I don't want, I don't want to say who cares. There's a Fight the Power, it's like an updated Fight the Power, and it came out and it's, it exists. Right, but I didn't even know it exists. What's it doing? It's a WAP. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So I think we have if I think it's okay. It's not it's not the greatest thing, but we're not gonna hear a lot of this music. But again, Immortal Technique, Tef Poe, uh, you know, people Rebel my man's Rebel Diaz, they tour the, the, the country and they do the same kind of thing. They they formed a, a small uh, <coughs> community organization in the Bronx a long time ago. They they taught kids how to make music, but also how to go on job interviews. Like they were doing it in the community. And if you know that community, you go up in there and you say, hey, you know, you remember RDAC, Rebel Diaz Arts Collective? They they knew it was there. Right. But they had to move. They they got gentrified out of their location. All these things. So what I'd like to see is I'd like to see the celebrities get more involved in uh, boosting and bigging up these smaller uh, artist activists or smaller mm. organizations. That's where it's got to come, I think, from the top. because, And that's why I got mad at Questlove. I'm like, I mean, I get mad at him. Like, I didn't call him up and be like, you know, Mr. Love. You, uh, but um, but I, I, you know, my pushback was, you could say all those things. We don't have enough this and enough that. But again, I can list, list, matter of fact, I went and I, I showed like 15 protest songs that came out since the Mike Brown incident in Ferguson, between that and between the time he made the statement on Instagram, there were like 12 songs that were by people you know. Like, I think J. Cole was on the list. Uh, you know, instead of saying we need more of, or at the same, when I asked the, the, the OGs with the big platforms, instead of just saying we need more of, make sure you also say, you know, like X. Right. Yes, we need more you know, uh, uh, you know, positive hip hop, you won't call it that, you know, like the reminders. Right. Out of uh, Colorado. Y- y- yes, we need more political activism from our artists. Uh, we, we need more of that, you know, like Genesis B. Right. That does so much. You know, we need more better hip hop journalism, you know, like Manny Faces. I'd love that. Please. <laughs> Where's... Because we're doing it. Right, and we're not getting the we're not getting the support from up top because they're 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 not so connected anymore. You mm. can only be so connected when you're you know on Jimmy Fallon, right? You know, or or Jay Z. You know you stay sheltered. Now again, they they may be doing some great things, and sometimes they don't talk about them monetarily in the back of it. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have the Reform Alliance, which is the, the, the organization that Jay and Meek Mill may, you know, have, have put together with the president of the 76ers. Fine. And maybe you're doing great work. But that, that doesn't mean that what Genesis B is doing couldn't use a little signal boost. Right. Exactly. So that's what I'd like to see more of. I'd like to see, see more of the celebrities do it uh, and the people with power and platform really reach down into kind of the, the more of the grassroots because we're there. So many people doing it, and again, if they need help finding them, that's what I do. They can, they can boost me, and I'll boost them, and everyone will be boosted. Uh, so, that, but that's my job. That's what I'm trying to do. So, I like that because you do hear, like, even with I know we're talking about hip hop, but even with R and B, people are like, where are the real R and B artists? They're out there for sure. 
they're out there just like the the conscious rappers are out there the political rappers are out there you know you just have to literally go on youtube and google to find these people i, I looked at the you know how the, the, the wrap up the spotify here yeah, wrap up thing. Uh-huh. and it said i listened to what it say i i discovered i guess like something like 176 artists this, or some crazy number because that's what I do. I go on the I go on the playlist and I just listen to some stuff that I wouldn't normally listen to. And, you know, I, I skip it if I don't like it. I and I thumbs up it or I save it to my library if I like it. And I come back to it. And now I oh I like you know uh, Sana or, uh, or or you know or or her or you know all these kind of artists that I you don't hear them on the radio. No. I mean you don't. There's good. Uh, you don't hear Kendrick Lamar on the radio. That's anymore. insane. That's insane. So you gotta like you gotta piece it together and be like, yeah, you can't say because it it'll happen every time. Like there ain't no good artists, you know, hip hop. But well, what about you know Kendrick Lamar and Jacob? Well, except for them. Oh, okay. Well, what about? And then you go down the list and you be like, oh, well, except for them, because again, you're being kind of brainwashed to think that they they don't exist or they're not making good music anymore. Um, there's no outlet for them. There's no. What does it say? There's no home for old. What is it? The movie. The, I don't know. There's no home for, you know, for this stuff, for, for, for this kind of uh, aspect of hip hop music and culture. There's just no home for it. So I'm trying to make a home for it, and I'm trying to, you know, uh, get others to kind of participate along the way. Yeah, and and I, I just I'm I'm kind of stuck on what you're saying of the celebrities reaching out, you know, to the smaller artists because I remember I don't know if, if you remember Andre 3000 saying he doesn't make music anymore because he's not inspired. Music doesn't inspire him. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure there are a lot of um, rappers that could inspire him if he listened beyond mainstream. You know. Yeah, I, I think they I, again for Questlove or for you know, for Three Stacks or for. You know, uh, Pete Rock does this all the time. Pete Rock is one of my favorite producers, uh, you know, ever. But he's just always tearing into like, you know, he'll pick like one dumb sounding kid, you know, that's making a, a SoundCloud rap or whatever. You know, and I don't say dumb sounding, but you know what I mean. Like, it's not the spectacular vernacular that we, you know, that you know, real hip hop has like all that lyrical, miracle, spiritual stuff. And, and they'll say, you know, what is this? And be like. A, that's not the point. B, fine. Be mad at it. Don't like it. You know, you have a right to your taste. But again, where's the, I prefer Kemba. Like, and and look up Kemba, by the way, who's okay. like a 22-year-old 20, cat from the Bronx that makes the kind of music that the young people are loving because it's that he's young. He's making that, but he's, but he's super dope in doing it. To me, that's the... The, the, the epitome of sort of like got that old school DNA mm-hmm. but the new school vibe okay um, Kemba's a, a fantastic example well, how do you spell it? Uh, Kemba K-E-M-B-A okay like, like the basketball player Kemba Walker but just Kemba okay um, what Pete Rock could do that could benefit the whole genre is to say you know when he was beefing at uh, Young Dolph I think or, you know one of these guys and he was like, yeah, it's garbage. It's not how, you know, this ain't, this ain't, this ain't hip-hop. This ain't rap. Whatever, fine. Pick someone who is that right. isn't getting the, the light and, and say their name. Tag them on Instagram. Right. You know, drive traffic that way. Now, it's not everyone's job to do that. It's not, you know, it's not Questlove's job to promote somebody else. You might pay him to do that. Like, you know what I mean? Right. But I hear giving money for, you know, promotions. Um, but it's it does us a disservice because... When Questlove says that there's nobody making political protest music 
or when Pete Rock says there's no young artists that are making good music, or when Andre says no young artists are making music that's worth inspiring, that's, that's inspiring me. What a slap in the face to all those artists that are doing that. Right. To the Kembas, to the Genesis Bs, to the, you know, again, the, the, the list goes on. They're, they're on. I interview them on the show. People say that hip hop is dead, but I, you know, there's, a, there's I mean, pre-COVID, but in New York City alone, you had Freestyle Mondays, which has been going on for 19 years. This wonderful game show, freestyle, off the top of the dome battle that happens with a live band. It's the most brilliant piece of live entertainment you'll probably come across. Hmm. You know, uh, uh, end of the week has been a, a rap showcase going on for 20 plus years and now exists in five countries. It started in New York City. It's in, it's now overseas in a bunch of different countries. Freestyle Monday is also in a bunch of you know countries overseas. That's ha- that's happening now. As a matter of fact, they took they took it online. It's still happening. Even COVID couldn't stop it. And that's just New York. Let's go to the Bay Area. Let's go to Atlanta. Let's go to Dallas. You're not gonna find this hip hop that's happening. Right. And that's just musically. And then again, we talk about all the ways that hip hop's being used to actually uplift humanity and improve society. And you're a big star with a big platform, and you're just talking and you're just lamenting how it is. You're kind of doing us a disservice. You know what I mean? Like you're doing a disservice to the people who are actually out here trying to make those things happen because people will believe you. Right. People believe you that there's no, if Andre says there's no good music out here inspiring me, and if you're inspired by Andre, then maybe you're not going to look for good music. And then, you know, because you, you I, yeah, I agree with him. Yeah. It's like, you know, but, but you, neither one of y'all are really trying. You're right. not really trying. If you say that, I'm, that's a personal thing, whether he's inspired anymore by me. But, eh. But to say that there's no good music, that's that'd be ridiculous. That there's no one's making good music. And too many people have that attitude. And and then the and again, slap in the face to the artists that are actually actually putting together some pretty good music. You know, Earth Gang is new and they're pretty dope. There's a bunch of people that I'm not an old, you know, stuck in the nineties head that wants to, you know, berate everything that comes out today. A lot of it's not my taste, but you know, some of it is alright and, and should be given that um that shine. Right. And what's ironic about that is um, he did. Um, I remember he gave Andre 3000, which is one of my favorites, obviously. Um, he did give a shout out to Young Thug a while back. And then Young Thug came back and was like, Andre 3000, what? He's horrible. He wants people to kiss up to him and this and that. And I'm just like, wow. so when he does give new art- newer artists like accolades. Good point. But like I said before, he thoughts back in his face. So it's like funny. maybe that is why he's like, forget it. Like <laughs> maybe, maybe. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm Pete Rock isn't gonna be you know very you know forthcoming <laughs> with this because uh, again, there's and th- and I also understand it because as as sort of growing up adjacent with hip hop, and I've been really close and really involved. But there are obviously people more involved with with the the culture and, than me. And there's a real, you know, pride thing here. There's a thing where it's like you, we are letting our young people be led by the corporate uh, controllers. It is a lot of, you know, uh, street talk, gun talk, jail talk, you know, that kind of thing. A lot of drug use and, you know, and all this stuff, and misogyny. And so they're saying, I mean, sometimes they forget there was a lot of that, you know, 
Mob Deep's gunshots used to make you levitate. I mean, you know, there was, it's not like these things didn't exist before, you know. But again, the balance. You could hear Mob Deep on the same radio as, you know, Tupac saying something positive and then also Tupac saying something negative in the next song. There was a lot more, you know, balance. So I think that the older folks uh, definitely want to see the culture and, and the communities from whence, you know, hip hop came to be represented better. Right. And when you see young people kind of, you know, falling into the stereotypes, you know, following the leader, doing these kind of songs and, and kind of activities, it can be very discouraging um, to folks that are like, you know, we didn't go, we didn't build this industry for y'all to do this. Right. You know, it's, it's like when young people act a fool and, you know, you, you know, the memes with like the spirits of Malcolm and Martin overhead, like we didn't die for y'all to, you know, go out and, and be in a club during COVID, you know. <laughs> I get that and I understand all that. Um, I think that the solution is, I think for what it's worth, and I'm, I didn't invent this idea, so I'm not like the king of hip hop, but I, I think the solution is is what, what I'm trying to do and what some folks like me are trying to do is change the narrative from a real respectable, forceful, like I said, institutional, intellectual, but not academic, you know what I mean? Like right. there's people that do research papers, no, we still want to talk to the people, right. but come at it from that amplify the voices of the people who are doing this work, doing this music, doing this combinations. Uh, it's not all hip hop heads. It's people who are using hip hop that aren't even hip hop heads. Like I say, I don't know how much of these, uh, you know, academics or counselor, I, Ian Levy raps, so he can get, you know, he's, he's, he's good. He's, he's, he's down. But, you know, some people are learning it, trying to come to grips with it, figure it out. But the point is, if we don't let the world know that this is happening, uh, then they're just going to have a harder time. And you won't get the the advantages, which I think, like I say, save America. If I could, if if I, like I said before, if I told you there was one thing, forget hip hop. If I just walk up to a stranger and be like, "Hey, open my jacket," like I'm selling like knives, right? Hey, I got one thing. This one thing can help improve student grades, improve test scores across the board. Junior high school, high school, uh, white black communities doesn't matter. I'll do it across the board. It'll even be better for the communities of color that have been, you know, neglected. So the, the underperforming schools, quote unquote, we're going to help them even more. But it'll also help white kids do better. The same one thing can help mental health therapy in young kids. Obviously, suicides are on a rise. And again, disproportionately so for African-Americans. Uh, we, can, we can improve that. Uh, we can improve civic engagement, civic education, political education. Right? The same thing. This one thing's magic pill can do that. Uh, it can introduce young people to STEM fields like uh, programming and coding, robotics, even some weird fields that they may never have had access to, like architecture and uh, 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 and, and forestry. Hmm. Right? This one pill, all of these things, financial literacy, civic engagement, agriculture, forestry can can because a lot of kids don't you don't see these things in high school you know you don't you don't get access to you don't learn about architecture and, and, and urban planning until you get into college if you stumble upon that path this one pill will introduce this to middle school kids teach them coding in an afternoon they'll be able to code some preliminary computer coding in one afternoon with this one thing not only that i can teach you to be a better uh public speaker uh i don't care if you're uh a, a performer you know a, a a rapper, a poet, or a corporate, you know, uh, CEO. This one thing, same thing. We'll be able to teach you to be a better speaker, teach you to be a better team member, 
better communicator. And on top of all that, maybe feel better about yourself. Could probably teach you how to meditate better. And, uh, and, and, and do this across the board for every aspect of society. Oh, and lastly, improve your business. Because this one little thing will give you so much inspiration because it was born from what they say, something out of nothing. I like to say it's something out of something. But, you know, rubble, despair, a burnt out city in the 70s that had no resources, no nothing but a bunch of kids that decided to get together and create what's now a worldwide influential multi-billion dollar, uh, you know, uh, commercially viable culture unlike anything else in the world. This one thing can do all that. They'll be like, what are you, magic? Are you, you know... Are you the new Jesus? Like, what? How? What's this one thing? Hip hop. And I and I can prove it. So that's what I'm trying to do: collect the data, collect the evidence. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. So we've been discussing hip hop on a global level, but I want to make it more personal. What was it that made you fall in love with hip hop? Ah, yeah. I um. So I grew up on Long Island, right, right outside of New York City. Um. You know, Strong Island, and uh, so we were, you know, a stone's throw from from the city. Uh, but as young, youngins, I didn't get to the city. I didn't. I wasn't in the middle. Of, that's why I said, like, I wasn't in the middle of it. But we were, you know, one step away. Um, Dr. Dre from uh, uh, Yo MTV Raps is from Westbury. It's from the, the place I grew up. Okay. And you had leaders of new school was a couple towns away, and uh, Rakim, you know, De La Soul, a lot of Long Island. So we have a strong legacy in hip hop that was surrounding us. Um, so I grew up kind of adjacent to it. You know, I'm in my late 40s, so I, you know, I grew up kind of adjacent to that time frame. And um, so we would I'd go over my friend Chris. This is really where it happened. Uh, my friend Craig's house. I'd go over there on the weekends. They had a Coleco Vision. I didn't have a Coleco Vision. I had a game system, so I would go over to Craig's house. And we went in the basement, and we were playing, and they'd have the radio on. And back then, you could only hear rap music on the radio. I was already into music, and my dad was a jazz and blues guy. And so I started, like, kind of getting into, you know, music and listening to radio, wide, electric, eclectic kind of stuff. And um, rap would only come on the radio Friday and Saturday nights from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. in New York City on uh, KISS FM and WBLS. There'll be Red Alert on, on Kiss FM and uh, Molly Mall and uh, uh, Mr. Magic on BLS. And that was it. This was like the 80s and you'd only hear rap, you know. And so we had to get our tapes out and record off the radio. And anybody my age knows this. We recorded and then we pause so to do the commercials and come back. We made pause tapes. So we just, you know, turned it, you know. And then we'd listen to that for the whole week. And then we'd, you know, tune in again next week. So as a kind of a habit, I guess this would be like middle school age. You know, I'd go over Craig's house and they'd be playing. It'd be Friday night. We'd listen to, you know, Rap Attack. Or, uh, or Red Alert And I, you know You start getting into the music You start hearing stuff And it was It was wonderful Because it was You know Rap at that time Was like nothing You had ever heard before So again I come from the blues Jazz My dad playing doo-wop You know And, and, and stuff And I'm starting to listen To kind of like 70s soul And, and rock And you know, these kind of mixtures That all sound kind of Kind of cool And funk And then rap was rapping And then I remember hearing Rakim's My Melody uh, and that, I mean, it just, it, it just touched me. It was like, this is, what is, this is, this doesn't sound like anything else we ever heard before. And then we start getting into the, the lifestyle attached to it, the, the clothing, the, you know, the, the, um, just the ethos, you know, of it. And, and we just, very soon I started, again, my dad was a, a sort of a record collector and, you know, 
Uh, so I had a lot of records. And so I started buying records. I bought a turntable. I started make, trying to, I bought a little drum machine and started programming the beats, trying to, you know, make the, do the same beats that are on the records. And I just started getting into it kind of on a musical tip. And that's, I did that for years. I, you know, I, I had a small home studio. And we used to make, I used to make demo. I produce, I made beats, and I, you know, make beats for like local cats. And we used to do demo tapes and such. And, uh, you know, a couple of brushes with success, you know, came close to, you know, getting a deal here. Or, uh, then I started doing remixes. And so I started putting out the remixes, get my name out there. And, you know, uh, Akon heard a remix I did and, you know, contacted me. And we, got, we got close to doing something, never happened. Uh, you know, rumor has it Mary J. Blige heard a remix that I did. It was like, who's that? Well, tell him who's that. Let's do it. Tell him. And, but it never really. But I just did it for years and years and years. And then I, I during the day, I kind of weaved my way into journalism. I worked for a newspaper uh, out on Long Island and um, a weekly newspaper. And it was cool because these guys were like the weeklies, not the daily. You know, these guys were like, we're like, we cover the art scene and we cover some of the stuff the main paper doesn't really. And I'm like, well, that's great because that's hip hop, right? You know, hip hop is like this underground thing, this kind of you know backdoor thing, and. And so as a journalist, I, I started doing that kind of work or being near people that were doing that kind of work. And then I decided to, again, those circles that I talked about in the beginning started coming together. Let me do journalism about hip hop. And just because I'm an entrepreneurial kind of guy, I started you know, my own birthplace magazine, which was a New York based you know, online publication. I did the podcast and, and here I am. And, you know, in recent years, again, on the journalism tip, we started doing a lot more uh, social justice, civil liberty stuff. And, you know, as you get older, you start being more aware of, of these issues. Right. Um, you know, my children are, are black. So, you know, they grown now. They're walking around. I'm saying, well, we got it. You know, so it's, you all become very conscious of this stuff uh, much more. Um, it becomes much more important as you get older. Uh, and so, again, that third bubble of social justice kind of. And I think that, you know, hip hop improving lives is social justice. Like that's improving the lives of the, especially the communities from whence it came. Like it should be, we shouldn't be capitalizing off of it the way we are without giving, you know, these avenues back to those communities. Right. For these executives and these corporations and these companies to be making entire industry living off of young people's you know recklessness in some cases yeah that's 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 criminal if that's all you're doing with it right you know so it, all these things became important to me and i found my way somehow you know that that i could use you know my pseudonym i can use manny faces like you can write me a check now and that, that to manny faces that's not my government name my mama didn't name me that um, but I found a nice way to take all these things that I've been good at or been connected to people doing and being inspired by uh, to be able to put them all together, all the skills and privilege and, and platforms that I have access to and just do my best to amplify and, and tell those stories. And, you know, some of my some of some of the most brilliant people I've ever met and some of the people that I consider very close to me personally are people I met through hip hop. You know? So. You know, it's it's just it's a it's what you would do if you were, you know, me. You would just this is what we do now. We just we right. try to tell these stories and try to do what we can and make a living. I make podcasts now. I'm an award-winning podcast producer, my own, but I also make for others. And we make a great uh, social justice podcast called Newsbeat, okay. um, which just collaborated with Color of Change, the okay. gigantic social justice platform. So we do some things, and I make sure that we're all you know always doing these things that are furthering uh, the. Concepts that I'm, that I'm telling you about today. So. Okay. 
and I like that you um what you're saying is you know mainstream is kind of making hip-hop one-dimensional but you're trying to make it multi-dimensional hey it's more than this you know it can be this 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 so yeah that's it that's the mission yeah. you know it, I don't I don't have to make it it is you're right it is it is all these things right like well you're before, making that, it that, you're making people aware of it so yes speak. Yeah, that, that's what I'm trying to do in my, my little way. And, and you know, I mean, I have aspirations. I'd like to see my little way get to be a bigger way. We're trying to yeah. expand my podcast properties. I'm trying to expand my, you know, it's part of why we're talking. I'm just trying to, you know, I, I spend so much time doing it. It's the, it's, the, it's the reason why I'm doing it. The other people who are doing the work, the Genesis Bs of the world. And she got great coverage over this summer, finally. But I've been writing about her since 2011, no lie. Mm-hmm. 2011, about her music and then since 2016 about her activism and she just now got kind of some national attention you know she uh, the ap you know picked up a story soledad o'brien had her on her but she still wasn't on cnn like she should have been you know so i'm trying to tell those stories because they're so busy doing the work they don't have time to be their own publicists right you know what i mean and i got caught in that too where i'm doing all this work i don't i'm not my own i have to go out and tell people what i'm doing right so that you can come follow what i'm doing find all these people and then you're off to the races, you know, so that's what I'm trying to do. I appreciate you for giving me the opportunity to do so with uh, with your show. Oh, um, so thanks yeah. for being on here. Most deaf. Um, and what, who are your favorite artists? Are there a couple of artists you want to uh, bring to our attention? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll give you a couple. Uh, Wakemba, like I mentioned before, Dunk Cat. I've been following him for a long time. He used to be known as YC the Cynic. Uh, so some people might find his older stuff under that name, uh, but he's doing really well. Uh, another, I'm New York centric, but I won't stay here. You know, I'll give you one from not New York, even though he's kind of in New York. Um, uh, but a brother named Homeboy Sandman, uh, who uh, who's been around for a bunch of years. He's a very eclectic, very intell- a brainy rapper, but funny and a wordsmith like no other. So if you do like that lyrical, miracle, spiritual, all that stuff, this guy will. Bend your mind. Uh, he's a fun uh, rapper. Let's do if you like rapidly rap. Um, I want to shout out to Silent Night, a night with a KN, like a chess piece. Um, Silent Night is one of our artists in residence on Newsbeat, this um, social justice podcast. Um, and uh, I've worked with him for a long time. Uh, I'm the DJ for their band, the band called Fuse. Uh, he, uh, just a, a poet for the ages. Just a you know a great artist in a lot of ways liquid is our other artist in residence i've been following liquid for a long time she is super dope she's from um no not mississippi that's where genesis is from liquid is from south carolina Uh, but she's been in new york for a long time but i like that because she kind of still got her south carolina roots and she got you know she's got like this kind of not bi-coastal but you know bi-regional um kind of flow and kind of sound and as we know, there's a, a lot of women artists that are, you know, sorely under uh, underappreciated, you know. Yeah. Um, so those are the ones from like my circle. You know, there's a bunch out there, you know, that I that I like, but there's enough people talking about them. Um, those are those are my favorite art. You know, some of my favorite artists. I happen to know them. I've happened to been covering them for a long time, but I got pretty good taste. So. <laughs> Okay, I will definitely check them out and I implore anyone listening to check them out and and to research, you know, different artists. You know, there are there are different artists out here besides what what we see, you know, on the billboards and Grammys. Like there there's more to be be heard, you know. Yeah, so. absolutely. And even so, the Gra- you know, even the Grammys looked I right this year. They had at least they were thoughtful. I might not have agreed with all their choices, but uh, you know, 
better than in past years. So maybe they're starting to come around. But absolutely. Like I say, I go on Spotify and I go into like, you know, the playlists, uh, you know, of a genre or, you know, something of the the new R&B stuff or Mm -hmm. none of it's on the radio. Some of it is dope. Like, you know, I, you know. Yeah, I was shocked. Amber Mark. You talk about R&B. Amber Mark. Fantastic artist. Fantastic artist. She has she had a six song EP uh, called Conexio or something like that. It's Portuguese or something. Um, she is so super dope. She's got to be 23 years old and um, like a young Sade. She's fantastic. Nobody, you know, you don't hear her. I don't know why you don't hear her on the radio, but you don't. You know? Um, anyway, so yes, you're right. They're out there. And if you just spend a little time, you know, you can be uh, enlightened. Right, right. So on BYOK, we have a staple question for everyone on our show. And that is, if you can describe yourself in one word, what would it be and why? Uh, I shouldn't say handsome. That'd be very... <laughs> um, I, I Advocate. Advocate. I think that's that's very much what I'm about these days. Uh, I'm an advocate for many things. Is there's levels to that ish, but um, an advocate. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to. I am. I'm not, you know, I say you're not trying. Well, uh, I'm. I'm. I'm working to advocate for others. Uh, in, like I said before, in, in all the ways that I have access to be able to do so. Uh, I enjoy it. My dad was a college professor. Uh, my mother was a, a housewife. Took care of me. Um, he was a teacher. That to me is kind of the blend of those two things. I'm not teaching. I'm advocating. It's coming from a place of love. I want to tell these stories, you know, amplify and uplift these folks and these ideas. I think they're good ideas. I think they help society. Uh, and you know, uh, I've seen them work, and I know the people who are doing it. So I'm an advocate. Okay, I like that. And you are. <laughs> <laughs> definitely are are there any things you know coming in the future that you want anyone to know about i'm always got my hands in a lot of things uh you know too many things sometimes uh you can i have a calendar on on the website you know so that's the best way i I make i make some appearances here and there um i do have a weekly (laughs) i I do so many things i I dj a a weekly show on bonfire radio uh it's called uh, the sunday r&b brunch um, from noon Eastern to 3 p.m. And for three hours, I, I just play music from, I go back to like the 50s. A lot of soul classics, R&B classics, uh, all the way through current times. I don't get to current all the time because I start so far back. Uh, but it's a good time. Um, so I do that every Sunday. We have a live stream called This Week in Social Justice, uh, which is on uh, Newsbeats YouTube and Twitch page and Facebook page. And when we, it's, it's an hour-long show. We have guests that talk about social justice issues. Stuff you wouldn't necessarily see on, on CNN because they're only focused on, you know, the president leaving and COVID. And that's all they talk about, which is important. But we get to some real social justice issues that, like, every person should know about kind of nitty-gritty. So we do the digging for folks. Um, other than that, Hip Hop to Save America, wherever you find podcasts. And uh, really, manyfaces.com is, is my center of, you know, all these things. So you can jump off from there and check the calendar and do all the things. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. And where can people find you? Yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, mainstays. Um, again, manyfaces.com has links to all these things, so you can okay. you know, if you do want to do it. But I'm on Twitter at manyfaces, Instagram manyfacesny, and uh, Facebook manyfacesofficial. 
I don't like that I don't have all of them the same. I know that's a big marketing faux pas, but other people had them first. They're trying to steal my, my, um, my vibe. He's a nice guy, Manny Faces, on Instagram. That should be me. He just happened to have it first. He's a DJ in, like, California somewhere. And I'm like, people think you're, I'm him. You think, you're... and he's very nice. He's pointed people, people, like, tag him, thinking they're tagging me. And they'd be like, I think you mean Manny Faces NY. It's my guy. He's very nice. You know, but, you know, so, anyway. Mannyfaces.com, and then from there you can branch out to all my tentacles. Okay, okay. Anything you, <laughs> anything you want to add before um before we end the show? No, thank you so much for having me. I I, I want to tell people about what you do, and, and uh, I watch you know I watch what you do also. Uh, you know I love some some of the ideas that you know you're bringing to the forefront. Uh, I have mad love for everyone out here in the in the podcast game uh, doing it, and um so I I, I uh, and I super love for anyone who you know thinks I have uh, something to say. <laughs> so I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you too. Um, thank you for being a guest today. Um, you are a wealth of information. I love, I love these, um, these interviews because I learned so much from them. Like I absorb so much from them. So, um, thank you so much for, for being a part of the platform today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And for everyone listening, thank you for listening and don't forget to be your own kind and take care of you and take care of each other until next time. Bye.